So is there any, any questions from last class, Wednesday's or Sunday's class before we continue? Anyone? No? Yeah, Dev. Yeah, um, I have one question. Um, we discussed about uh, desires and happiness. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know a bit more about the friction in between those two. Friction what between, be the, between the desires and the happiness. Between desires and happiness. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you can if you can hold on with that question until we've covered today's class okay because you may get the answer today okay yeah okay so if i'm if i'm not mistaken what you're asking is that how can well how the, the relationship between desires and happiness correct okay fair enough any other questions okay great those of you who have the book um we're continuing just after the poem the pineapple and the bee yeah i can't give you the page number because everyone's got different books so just a quick recap from last week last week we discussed what is the role of religion anyone what is the role of religion who was here last week Role of religion, anyone? To seek the self, to guide you back to the self, to the Atman. Absolutely. And why do we need to go back to the self? To find happiness. Sorry? To um, reach, yeah, to reach yourself to find that happiness. To find the happiness, because that is your true nature. You are not this body, mind, intellect. You're the self, Brahman, God. And you'll only get the happiness you're looking for if you get to that state. Hence, we need religion. So religion helps you to join back to your true origin, your true nature, who you really are, the self, Atman, the God principle, Brahman, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. So what separates us from our true self? Can anyone remember what separates us from our true self? So the desires. Desires, absolutely. Your inherent desires. Everyone is born with certain desires. Desires are the barrier between you and the self, God. That's why the desires are referred to as the devil in certain religions. What's the formula? Can anyone remember the formula? Meghna. Um, human equals God plus desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. Therefore, God equals human minus desires. Perfect. So if you reduce your desires, you eliminate your desires, you come back to your true self. The self is your core and it's enveloped by the body, mind and intellect. When you're born, you are lost in this material layers, the body, mind, intellect, the covering. 
and you distance yourself from the self. So we need to go beyond our body, mind, intellect to reach that self again. We said that the self is the subject, not the object of experience. So your senses cannot contact it. So what can you do? How do you get back to the self? You remember? Uh, diminishing your desires. Yeah. So you, you can get to the self by following the spiritual path. As humans, we go through three states of consciousness. What's the three states of consciousness? Regular past members. Three states of consciousness. You're in one state right now. Awake. That's one state. Deepa. So waking world, dream world and deep sleep. Deep sleep. So for the newcomers, Throughout our life, we go through three states of consciousness. Right now, I hope you're all awake. That's one state. Last night, you were dreaming. You were in a dream state. You could have been anyone. That is your dream state. And the third state is deep sleep. Dreamless sleep. When you're nothing, nobody. Those are the three states of consciousness we all go through. We call them the waker, the dreamer, and the deep sleeper. Three different personalities those are. We won't go into the detail of that. But there's a fourth state. And that fourth state is reached through this knowledge of the self or religion. And that's the state of self-realization. And this is the state we're all trying to achieve. This is the goal of a human being. Is that, does that make sense? Is that clear to everyone? Any clarifications? Just step in, raise your hand, not a problem. When you're sleeping, you are dreaming. You have no knowledge of this waking state. You could be anyone, Jyoti, in the dream. Yeah, you could be anyone. It's only when you wake up, you understand you're not that person. You're that person in the dream. Yeah, now you're the waker. Your different personality. The body, mind, intellect of the person in the dream cannot contact the waker. What can he do? Or what can she do? How do you come back to the waking world? The state you are in now, from the dream. Wake up. Wake up. You wake up, you forgot the dream. You're now in the waking state. Different personality, different person. So you can only transform yourself to this state by waking up. Similarly, the waker that we are all right now, this state, you can only transform yourselves to become the self-realized person, the godhood. And this transformation happens with the aid of spirituality, religions, knowledge of the self, knowledge of your true personality, which is what we're doing now. We're learning that knowledge now. What else we covered? We covered that 
as humans, we spend most of our time and life in acquisition and enjoyment. You buy a house, you enjoy living in it. You buy a car, you enjoy driving it. You get married, you get a partner, you enjoy each other's company. This is our life. But these great sages, this, these self-realized souls, they said, you will not find what you're looking for in the world. You're wasting your time. This is what they're saying. But we don't understand that, do we? So we continue. So because we don't understand what they mean by that, that they're, they're saying there's no pleasure in the things we spend most of our life acquiring material wealth to enjoy, we, we waste our time. We follow the herd instinct. What everyone does, we follow. So most of us, most of humanity are caught up in this acquisition and enjoyment. You analyze it yourself. We're not saying it's wrong. We're just analyzing. So the only place you'll find what you're looking for is in the self within, when you reach your true personality. If we, if we in life follow higher values, we have an understanding of the truths of life, develop our intellect, we can be happy no matter who we are, where we are. Whatever situation we are. You understand the value of sense objects. That fulfilling desires will only give you temporary happiness. It's not what you meet in life, but how you meet it. Honey from a weed, I think the end of the poem was. He who lives with truth and wisdom can gather honey from a weed. Meaning it doesn't matter. It's what you're following, what's within. That was last week's class. Any clarifications, any questions? Lizzie, any corrections? Any questions on that before we begin today's class? Does everyone understand? Uh, I know there's a lot of new, newcomers here today as well, uh, for maybe people for the first time. If you have any clarifications, please feel free. Don't be shy, yeah? Because um, if you do, you under, you'll have a better understanding of the class today. So feel free, yeah? There's a mixture of people here today. Some people who joined last week and some people who've been coming to class for two years. So. Just feel free, yeah? Yeah, you had a question? Syl has a question. Um, so you know you just said follow the spiritual path. So Can everyone hear her, by the way? Yep, okay. So you covered, how do we get back to the self? And you said follow the spiritual path. Yeah. So, um, how, does, how does one follow the spiritual path. So what, what in everyday life or everyday living, what can we do? So what does... So Sittle's asking, what, how do you follow the spiritual path? So put one is higher values. Higher values. Yeah. Learning the truths of life, which is what we're studying, which all the scriptures are teaching, the truths of life. Happiness is not in the world. Um, 
It's not in objects and beings. Happiness is when you become one with your true self. Um, there are many other um, values that you can learn depending on the path you're following. So a spiritual path is learning to become one with your true personality, to transcend from the world to the fourth state. So that's the spiritual path. Any spiritual path that teaches you that is the one you should follow. Now, there are so many paths. It depends on who the person is, where he's starting from, what state he's in. Um, so it would vary. But anything that teaches you higher values and better livings of life, that's what you follow. You can't have a fixed formula for everyone. Is that why there's the free yoga? Yeah. The free yogas helps you to, the free yogas defined in the Bhagavad Gita helps you to reduce your desires. So you could, if you wanted to, follow the path in the Bhagavad Gita. That will then teach you to live higher values and a spiritual path. So it all depends what you're comfortable with. What you're, what mentally you're ready to follow. You all in this class, we're learning this. It may go above certain people's head and think, I don't want to put the effort in to study this. I can't understand it. You may need to study something else. That doesn't mean that you're not on the spiritual path. That's why there's so many religions, so many spiritual books, because it caters to different groups of people. And understanding. So we don't just want you to be a better human being. So yeah, you need to tell the group. So in which case would it not be that just wanting to be a better human being or being what you understand is better than what you thought you were or striving to become a better human being, not following the spiritual path? Does everyone, did everyone hear that, yeah? Uh, not necessarily, because you could be a, human, a, a good human being. You're born as a good human being. You've got good values. Your parents taught you good values. So you already may be a good human being. And a good human being is relative compared to whom. That doesn't mean you're following the spiritual path. You're just a better person than someone else. But you may still be in ignorance of the spiritual path. Spiritual path means developing yourself spiritually. Okay. Any other clarifications? Any other questions before we begin? Okay. So Settle's going to read one paragraph at a time and then we discuss it. A human being is composed of spirit and matter. His material components are his body, mind and intellect. His spiritual core is the Supreme Self, Atman. The Self remains ever the same, eternal, changeless, whereas the material equipments are in a flux of change. The body changes, so do its perceptions. The mind changes along with its emotions. The intellect and its thoughts change too. These equipments, make perennial demands from the world, which itself is constantly changing. Since both sides are in motion, their contact must necessarily cause friction, frustration. 
How then can there be any stability, harmony in their interaction, any peace and happiness in the world? So it's just describing what a human being is. Um, humans are made up of the spirit, Atman, Brahman, and the matter equipment. The matter equipment is your physical body, your mind, and your intellect. Yeah, is that clear? The spirit, the Atman within you, your physical body, the mind, intellect. So the physical body is what we all see when we look at another. It's fat, thin, dark, fair, tall, short, handsome, ugly, pretty. This is the physical body. Yeah. The mind, mind is made up of what? Emotions. Sorry? Emotions. Emotions, yeah. What else? Thoughts. Thoughts. Thoughts is in the intellect. Yeah, intellect. Likes and dislikes. Likes and dislikes. Can you expand on likes and dislikes for the new people? Um, so, what it says really, the things that you like to do, the things that you don't like to do, so you might not like vegetables, um, um, or you might like eating cake, and so that you carry on eating cake and don't like, don't do the things you dislike. Wonderful, thank you. What else? It's basically choices, isn't it? No, we're talking what the mind is made up of. Likes and dislikes, emotions. What else? Reasoning. Sorry. Re reasoning. Reasoning. Okay, that's the intellect. Okay. Desires. Desires. Yeah. So the mind is made up of likes and dislikes. I like this. I don't like that. I don't like bindi. I like potatoes. Yeah, that's the mind. I like to watch TV, I don't like to read. I don't like exercise, I like to laze around. I like hot weather, I don't like cold weather. Likes and dislikes. Yeah, everyone's mind. Likes and dislikes. Worry and anxiety. You're constantly worried about what happened in the past. Anxious of what's going to happen in the future. That's your mind. Different emotions, anger, happiness, sorrow, grief, mind, and desires, as someone said. The mind is filled with desires, causes, causes agitation, suffering and sorrow. Why? Why does it cause suffering and sorrow? Why does the... Desires cause suffering and sorrow. Um, either desire not fulfilled or something happened which you don't like. The desires are fulfilled, you're happy. It's not fulfilled, you're unhappy. All in the mind. Something else everyone's mind is. It's insatiable. You can ask for anything. The mind can ask for anything. The thing is, it's like fire, you can feed it as much as you want. Like a fire, you feed logs, it'll just burn, burn, and take more and more. It'll never say it's enough. Similarly, the mind will never be fulfilled, no matter what. 
to the richest person wants more money. The powerful, most powerful person wants more power. It's insatiable. There's no limit to it. So we say the mind is like a child in you, in everyone. So what about the intellect? Puts the tech on it. Sorry? It, it, it performs as a parent taking care of a child. The intellect is the adult. Perfect. The, the intellect is the adult in you. This is way, as Patiban said, think, reason, judges, it decides, then it takes action. So how many of us are using our intellect when we act in the world? This is the question. Satisfied? You understand what we're saying? You're about to cross the road. Mind says, yes, let's run across, we'll make it. Something in you says, no, hang on. I mean, no rush, why take a chance? That's the intellect. So it's up to you. You can either listen to the mind and run across, take a chance, or you can wait and be safe. Intellect. Shall I have two scoops or one scoop of ice cream? Mind says, let's have three scoops. <laughs> intellect says no. One is enough. That's the intellect. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give examples everyone can relate to. So I'll have a sec second portion of french fries. The mind says yes, the intellect says no, I think I've had enough. Intellect. So the body, the physical body, you can compare that to like a vehicle in a car, yeah? It takes you from one experience to another. Yeah, everyone can relate to that. Your body takes you from one experience to another. You were in bed this morning, you've woken up. Yeah. One experience into another. What is, but what is controlling the body? It can either be the mind or the intellect that is controlling the body. So how would the body act if the mind was in control? Irrational. Irrational. Impulsive. Based on your likes and dislikes. How would it act with your intellect was in control of the body? The alarm bell goes off. You set the alarm for seven o'clock. No, no, you set your alarm for five o'clock. You want to do morning study. Deepak. The bell goes off. The alarm goes off. It's five o'clock. If the intellect's in control, okay, let's get up. Five o'clock. If the mind's in control, uh, we'll study tomorrow. We'll stay in bed till seven. That's the difference. In anything we do, the body just goes from one experience to another. It can be controlled either the mind or the intellect. If the mind is in control, that's the child in you. If the adult's in control, the intellect's in control, that's the adult in you. Because it reasons, it thinks, and then it tells the body. So this paragraph is saying that 
The world is constantly changing. The body is constantly changing. Your mind is constantly changing. Its emotions are changing. Your intellect is changing. When you were a child, the intellect is different from when you are now. You're an adult. And the mind has desires. With everything changing, how can all the desires be fulfilled? Your demands from the world are not met. Today you demand one thing, tomorrow you change your mind, you demand something else. The world cannot cater to all your, all your demands. You cannot fulfill all your desires. So what happens is a friction. Your desire is not met because the world cannot cater to your desire, there's friction. And the result of this friction is you get frustrated. You lose your peace. You become angry. You become unhappy. And this is the problem we go through life. So any, because with any unhappiness, angry, anger we have, any frustration, because that desire is not fulfilled. So Dev, your desire could be one thing. Your wife's desire could be another. One of you is going to be upset. This is the problem. Well, cannot cater to all our desires. That's why we go for happiness, unhappiness, sadness, happiness. None of us are constantly happy all the time, are we? Is there anyone who's always happy? It's not possible. So, the only way we can be constantly happy is if we identify with a changeless self within us. The self is unchanging, it's changeless. It remains a constant. That's the only way we can find permanent happiness because it doesn't change. So second paragraph, any questions there? I'm expanding a little bit on this paragraph simply because there's a lot of new people here and I don't want them to be lost. So. For the regulars, apologies, but they're just expanding a little bit more on each topic. Any questions on that? Um, I I have a question that is um, Who's that for one? the clarification. Lizzie. What's that? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a question that's a further clarification as to what um, Sitel was asking earlier. Yeah. Um, because she was asking, you know, are we following the spiritual path by becoming a better person? If we're eradicating desires or making our desires less and less, are we not becoming a better person than who we currently are? Absolutely, you're absolutely right. But we're following a path that helps us reduce our desires. So we understand that we're on this path, we're reducing our desires. Most people don't understand that unless they're on the spiritual path. So Sittal was saying that just being a better human being isn't that following a spiritual path. Isn't that, and I said, it doesn't correlate to that because you could naturally be a, better, a good human being. Yeah, but, but you're putting effort into becoming a better human being with higher values by studying and following a spiritual path that will then lead you to the end goal. 
Is that okay? Great. Thus it is your body, mind and intellect that do not meet their demands and suffer. That is no reason for you to suffer, yet you do because of your identification with these equipments. Identification with an object or being is a result of constant thought and feeling flowing towards it. As you think, so you become is a law of life. Thus, when you constantly think of, feel for the body, you identify with it and become one with it. You believe you are the body. Thereafter, whatever happens to your body happens to you. So when your body is warm, you say, I am warm. And when your body is cold, you say, I am cold. Similarly, you identify with the mind and become one with it. And when your mind is happy, you say, I am happy. When it is unhappy, you say, I am unhappy. Again, identifying with the intellect, you say, I am brilliant, I am dull. When your intellect is brilliant or dull. So when we identify with the body, mind and intellect, we suffer in the world. If we identify with the self, we won't suffer. Because the self is unaffected by the world. Only the body, mind, intellect is affected by the world. The self is a true identity, home of peace and joy. You are not this body, mind and intellect, you are the self. Just one moment. Satish, you're not this body, mind, and intellect. Satish is the name given to this form, this life by your parents. Your true identity is of Brahman, God. And what this paragraph is saying is, if your attention is constantly on the body, you identify with the body, I'm hot, I'm cold, looking in the mirror, checking your six pack, your makeup, my fat, my thin, you become the body. You only identify with the body. You are considered a physical person. Some people go to the lengths of changing their face, their body, plastic surgery, nose job, fat reduction. So whatever happens to the body happens to you because you identify with the body. If you identify with the mind, then you become one with the mind. I'm happy, I'm unhappy, I'm miserable, I'm angry, I feel sad. When all this boring class end, mind. Yeah. When you identify with the intellect, then you say I'm clever, I'm brilliant, I'm dull. You become an intellectual. So you have a choice to identify with your physical body, your mind, your emotions, or your intellect. So whenever you identify with these three components, you will always be affected by the world. So what if you remember, if you remember in all your interactions that you are the self, what will happen then? Meghna? 
you'll be happy. Why? Because you, you're with your true self. Right. And your true okay. self is always happy. Okay. Why would you not be affected? Because your true self doesn't interact with anything else. Perfect. Yeah. Your self does not interact with the world. Only your body and mind and intellect contact the world. This is the goal. But we're conditioned to focus on the material layers. We're conditioned to focus on the body, mind, intellect. That's why we suffer. So what do we have to do? Uncondition ourselves. Right now we're conditioned. We have to uncondition ourselves by focusing on our true personality, identifying with the self. And as Dharma said, if we're able to do that, we no longer suffer in the world. We are constantly happy. And this unconditioning is what spirituality teaches. This is what we're learning now. How to uncondition ourselves. See, a lot of people who join this class, they've never even heard of the fact that the self is within us. Remember in Wednesday's class, I said Bhagavad Gita teaches us 702 verses to show us just the fact that we're God, that we're Brahman, it teaches us that. But we, it's not, the message isn't clear. But we're, we're, we don't realize this. No one teaches us this. This is the problem. So this is what we're learning. And as we learn this, automatically the result is that we will become more happier. Any clarifications? Anybody has any questions? You can even ask on Wednesday after you thought about it in our group discussion, yeah? The body is bound to be affected by the, by the heat or cold of the world outside. So is the mind affected by joy or sorrow, the intellect by honor or dishonor, but yourself within is immaculate. It remains ever unaffected by the attraction or repulsion of the changing world. If the world is compared to a magnet, the material equipments would be metal pieces and the self, a wooden piece. The magnet attracts metal pieces, metal sticks to the magnet, but the magnet does not attract the wood piece. Wood does not stick to the magnet. If, however, the metal and wood pieces are bound together, the magnet would attract the combination. The combination sticks to it. Nevertheless, the wooden piece is the in the combination is free. It appears to be influenced, affected by the magnet because of its identification, bondage with the metal piece. So this paragraph is explaining how it works. So if the world was a magnet, for those who have the book, by the way, uh, there's this diagram. Okay, it's not very clear for the camera, but it's, there's an illustration. So I'll have to explain the illustration. If the world was a magnet, then your body, your mind, and your intellect would be metal pieces. 
So it, the world attracts your body, mind, and intellect, just like a magnet would attract a metal piece. That's why it's affected. Therefore, whatever happens in the world, you're affected. But the self, the Atman within us, is like a piece of wood. Does wood attract magnet? Does a magnet attract a wood, piece of wood? It doesn't, right? That's why it's not affected by the world. The self is, imagine the self is tied to the piece of metal. It will stick to the magnet, but it's only because it's tied to the metal. If the wood is untied, it is not affected. So you feel that it's attracted because it's tied, bonded to your body, mind, intellect. And because we identify with that, the body, mind, intellect, that's why we suffer. You identify with the self, the world is not attracted to you. You're not attracted to the world. It's hard to explain about the diagram, but does everyone understand that? Lizzie, can you, can you uh, explain that again? Does everyone understand that? Yeah, does that make sense? Dermesh? Yes, it does. Okay. So the world is like a magnet. Your material layers is like a piece of metal. That's why you're attracted to the world. The self is like a piece of wood. So it's, no, it's, not, it's not attracted to the world. So you identify with the self. You're free from the world. Means you're not affected by anything. Any questions? Okay. Yeah. My sidekick has a question. So here you're saying, if, however, the the metal and the wood pieces are bound together, yeah, the magnet would attract the combination. Yeah. So what is it that bounds? So you're saying the wooden piece is the self. Mm -hmm. So what am I binding that? What, what binds it then? What binds? So, so the world is the magnet. Yeah. The, the metal pieces is me. Yeah. No, the metal piece is your body, mind, intellect. Yeah. My material layers. And that's why I'm attracted to the world. Yeah. And you're saying, on here, the diagram says, the self is the wooden piece. Yeah. But I'm binding that wooden piece to myself, and that's why I'm still affected. Who's binding it? But that's what I'm asking. What am I binding it with? It's naturally like that. You're, you're, you're asking for a third person in this equation. Know. Okay. Uh, anybody? Desire. Desire is binding the wood. Desire is binding the wood. Desire is binding the wood. It's the, the identity of one, Dizzy. Yeah, it's the identification with the body, mind, and intellect that binds the the wood or this you know the so that the body mind and intellect are the metal piece we're yeah. identifying with the body mind and intellect therefore 
ignoring the fact that we're the wood, right. binding our wood to our metal. Right. Because we're identifying with that. We're saying that's who we are. Instead mm -hmm. of understanding that we're the wood, we think we're the metal. Right. Thank you. If it's a piece of string, we don't bind it straight away. <laughs> Separate once and for all. But wouldn't the intellect uh, be the main reason why uh, we either become uh, heavy wooded or heavy metal part? Sorry, can you repeat that? I didn't understand. What you said. So, intellect wouldn't intellect be the thing which would make us either heavily wooded or the heavily metal piece? Absolutely, because the intellect will decide if I want to focus on the world or my true personality. Only the intellect can decide that. You have a choice to fulfill desires or to reduce your desires. The intellect makes that decision. So maybe we can interpret even further that intellect is basically the name for the binding edge between. Uh, yes. the metal part and the, whole, the wood part absolutely the actual whole process what we're trying to achieve here hence promoting the morning study yeah and trying to study this subject is so we can develop the intellect that's the whole goal of the study so the fact that we can develop our intellect we can then be able to control where we want to focus the mind is like the child in you it can't decide only the intellect can decide so the whole idea is to strengthen the intellect so then you can make that decision yeah does that help does that make sense yes yeah. the key the intellect is yeah. the key you're absolutely right yeah but even yeah, but does that mean that we're trying to detach ourselves from the body, mind and the intellect? So you're saying that the self is a different entity and then you've got the body, mind and the intellect. But um, we're also saying that you need the intellect to find the self. Yeah. So how do you detach the self from the intellect? How do you detach the self from the intellect? That's the process. That's exactly the process, that transformation, fourth state. It's a very good question, but I think to dwell in that right this moment would be a difficult thing for everyone to understand. But just like how you wake up from the dream, yeah? Yeah. The dream line, Lizzie, is, the, uh, is, is, is what um, we're talking about here. A line in your while you're in the dream, a line from nowhere. You wake up. You wake up from the dream. Similarly, the intellect is what will allow you to wake up from this state. Through meditation, you reach that state. So, but you need the intellect to do that. So the whole idea is to develop the intellect. Because right now, that's all you have. In the world, the body, mind, and intellect. So again, sorry, is is the intellect is the intellect going to always be with the self, 
Or no. will there be, in the transition, will there be a time when they will separate? Yes. Internally, okay. mentally. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lizzie? Just asking you for reference. Couldn't unmute. For reference for? For well, the explanation. To, the, to Tanya, who's saying about the intellect. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying, she's asking, well, will the intellect stay with her? In the fourth state. Okay. Right, in the fourth state. Yeah. Right, you're saying no, mentally no. Mentally no. So you have to use the intellect to get out of this state. Yeah, it's, the, it's like pole, pole vaulting. You use a pole vault to go over when you're high jumping. You cannot go over the pole with the, you can't go over the bar with the pole. You have to leave the, bar, the pole behind you. Similarly, you need the intellect to go over the pole. You can't take it with you. Yeah? Okay. Difficult questions today. Right. Any other clarifications? Um, I've got a question. Sorry. Yeah, Disha. Welcome. Hi. Does, does that mean that the self doesn't keep developing? Once you get to the self, that's a constant state? Yes. That is the goal and the state that everyone needs to strive for. When you reach that state, you're one with the universe. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Right now you're changing all the time. That state is no longer changing. So is that when you're in, when you are in bliss? That's what they. Does that mean that? That. Bliss? So what is bliss? Bliss means no mental agitations. When you're not agitated anymore, you're in bliss. So while you're in the world, you'll be mentally agitated. When you reach that state, that's the state of bliss. Because you're no longer affected by the world. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody's shouting at me and I don't get angry or something, that means I'm not there, but I'm on the path of being blissful. At that moment, yes. But somebody else may shout even louder and then you may be affected. So it depends on <laughs> what level you are. But yeah, absolutely right. Okay. Because when you said the pole and the vault, that yeah. made it very clear yeah. that you can't take it. <laughs> In the world, it's always temporary. This is the problem. It's only a matter of time. Okay. Because this is how it is. What you're, yeah, the, that, that, that mental, mental agitation, the cessation of that mental agitation is temporary. This is what we're saying. But true bliss is you're not affected at all. Always, permanently. Which is what we're trying to achieve. Any other questions? So, so if we achieve that, would people feel that you... 
you're not caring or like, you know, because you're disconnected with the feeling. Yeah. I had that same question actually. <laughs> That's good one. So it means a lot of people are regarded as, ah, she doesn't have any feelings or she's mm -hmm. heartless or, but yourself is saying that I'm not affected by what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm not going to take it on board. Yeah. But that person has taken it on board to say they've done that action to hurt you or said something to hurt you in that process. But so I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring that, yeah. that uh, her, her making me being angry. So a lot of people will react differently to that. So how do you react to what? I'm, I mean, you don't have to, you don't react but it's what people perceive of you then. Yeah. Are you, why are you worried about what others perceive of you? If you're developing... Right, so I'm not, I may not be worried, but I suppose you are affected by vibration, aren't we? So if somebody is thinking of you in a, a negative way, mm -hmm. it will affect you somehow. But that's your choice, if you want to be affected or not. What I'm saying is you're in control of it. You need to learn to be in control of it. When you reach the fourth stage, uh, can they, someone's got their mic on, can they please turn it off please? Or is it in the background? Um, when you reach the fourth state, which is what we're talking about, yeah, you're not longer affected by anyone or anything. And there's a whole, there's a, there's a reason behind that. Yeah. Uh, Bin, this is your first uh, interaction here. Yeah. So, but the, when you reach that state, you will not be affected by anything. Yeah, because you know everyone's acting based on their nature. It's your choice to be, be affected or not. By their vibrations, by their whatever they say, by however they act, it's your choice to be affected or not. Yeah. If you take it, you deal with it. If you leave it, it's fine. It's up to you. So we're learning to develop ourselves to get to that state. Yeah. So we're not affected by anything. How? By learning the truths of life, through understanding, through knowledge. Yeah. But I won't go into depth because this is your first class and it will be difficult for you to understand. And you get by? Yeah, Um, Are you aware of the term Samadhi. Samadhi, yeah. yeah. So is that the same? Fourth state, yes. You reach that state of Samadhi, it's a Sanskrit word of the same thing. Because yeah. it's a yogic term. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't use that word simply because people may not uh, understand what it means. So you reach that state of Samadhi where you're in complete bliss, unaffected by the world. So can I ask a question regarding that? So it's very hard for people to get into that state of somebody, regardless of um, whether you are a good person or not a good person, or whether you are a person who does yoga five days a week or whether you don't. Mm -hmm. It is a very difficult thing to be in. But based on the question I asked the other day, um, mm -hmm. if you are in that state of somebody or in that state you're saying of yourself, does that person deal with grief better than anyone else then? He will be beyond grief. You want to understand the word meaning of grief. 
I thought that was the answer. Yeah, you won't understand the meaning of grief. And that's why we find it harder because we're not in that state. Absolutely. Because we're affected by the world. We're affected by life and death. We're affected by anything and everything. Because we don't understand the truths. That's why, which is what we're learning. Yeah. But gradually as you study and learn the truths of life, you become gradually less affected. The more effort you put in, the less affected you are in the world. It's all up to you. So we're affected by people's actions around us? If you choose to be, yes. Okay. It's up to you. Depends how developed you are. Thank you. Yeah. So we've gone slightly off topic, but uh, any other questions? Your real self is supreme, unaffected by the world. You are the self. The body, mind and intellect are mere vestures. You do not realize that and become bound to them. Due to your attachment to these material components, you suffer the persecutions of the external world. Sure. The way to get out of your self-inflicted ordeal in life is to shift your focus of attention from the material layers of the personality to the inner core self Atman. You have hypnotized yourself to become the body, mind, and intellect. Now reverse the process, dehypnotize yourself by asserting your real self. Understand you are the self, reflect upon it, try to remember it in all your transactions of life. Assert yourself while you perceive or act with the body, with your body, while you feel with your mind, think with your intellect, never lose sight of the self. Thus gradually, you will gain identification with your real self, become the self, regain your infinite being, reach the abode of absolute peace and bliss. That's all we have to do. Quite simple. Just change your focus. That's what it's saying. Change your focus from the body, mind, intellect to the self within you, Atman, the God principle within you. How do you do this? Anyone? Again, as you said before, your mind, your intellect has to reduce its desires completely. Not an easy task, but you do it one at a time. Okay, yeah. Reduce your desires. So is it like still performing your actions, but without having any, any, anything from people and just doing things that you need to do in life and not be affected by everything first, else? I missed miss the first bit, Sullivan. We still perform our actions with family members and your community society, but not get affected of what they say. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, that will help you to not be um, agitated. Yeah. But what we're talking about here is 
in this paragraph, it says, just be the self, identify with the self. You are the self, you're not this body, mind, intellect. They're mere vestures. Dehypnotize yourself by asserting the real self. So, develop the intellect, learn higher knowledge, truths of life, reflect on it, take the knowledge, turn it to wisdom, live by that knowledge. That will help you to dehypnotize yourself. Right now you think you're this body, mind and intellect. So you have to learn to understand that you're not this. So whatever you do in life, remember, I'm not this body, mind and intellect. I'm the self. Keep reminding yourself. You'll forget, but keep reminding yourself. Somebody says something, does something to you, remember, I'm not this physical person. I'm the self. Just being aware of that, that in itself is prayer. Just being aware that you're the self is prayer. Once you're able to do this, the result automatically is you become more happy and peaceful because you're not affected anymore or you're partially not affected. You remember it once a day for that 10 minutes, you may not be affected by anything. You remember you're not this body, mind and intellect. The more you remember, the longer you remember for, the less you're affected. So it's just a simple exercise it's saying, just remember, you're not this body, mind, intellect, you're the self. Say that to yourself all the time. But as you get more knowledge and wisdom, it becomes part of you, psyche, normally. Meghna, you had a question. Um, I wanted to ask if, to make it easier for ourselves, is having an expectation of other people um, and just referring back to Shilataki's question, yeah. is that a desire in itself? Because if we're trying to remove our desires, then we're also removing our expectations of people. So if we link the two, then <coughs> removing those desires or, or expectations will help you achieve that happiness as well. So if, is it, are they the same thing? Um, not so much because we're talking at the highest level is just thinking that, remembering that you're the self and not this body, mind, intellect. But what you're saying is that at, at a lot, lot lower level, what Shilavan's asked, how do I not get affected? Mm -hmm. yeah? And you're saying is, don't have a desire or any expectations. Correct? Yes. So just expand on that, Meghna, since you're a regular class member. How would they do that? Um, yeah, I think maybe then at that level it is easier to to if we're if the whole thing is to remove our desires um, or to eliminate them so we're no longer affected or you know our minds no longer agitated. Then at that level, if we do put the two together, that expectations of other people are also a desire. We want someone to do something. Um, or want someone to behave in a way towards us, then 
if we put those two together and trying to eliminate the expectation, then we are no longer agitated, aren't we? So at that level, if we put those two together, yeah. then it will help us progress as we get to higher understanding. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right in the mechanism. But what will allow you to reduce that desire and not have expectations is knowing that everyone acts based on their vastness. On their vastness, their nature. Yeah. You want your husband not to be angry at you, but that's his nature. Now, whose problem is that? Yeah. <laughs> the problem is with you. Unreasonable expectations. Who's affected? You are. Your child is lazy, but you want them to do some work for you, and they say no. Whose fault is that? Unreasonable expectations. You have not assessed their nature properly. So that helps you to develop and be less affected because you assess the world, you assess people's nature, and then you deal with everything. Therefore, then, your expectations are reasonable. You've assessed everything properly, and then you're taking action. The problem we have is we're affected because of lack of assessment of individuals and the world. So, Shilabin, you're affected because of lack of assessment. And to understand lack, the, to assess people, this is what we're studying. This is earlier on what we've already studied is everyone acts based on their nature. They're born with that nature. That's why everyone is different. You can have two children in your, you can have a pair of twins. Both will have different nature. Even though they've been born to the same couple, drank the same milk, they will still have different nature because they're born with that characteristic. Yeah. Any other clarifications? Any other questions? I was just going to say, whilst you're, you know, increasing your knowledge and seeking the self, mm -hmm. um, you concentrate and you revert back to knowing that you're part of the one constant. Mm -hmm. But within the role within the body or the manifestation that we are at the moment, we also have obligation and roles to fulfill. So mm -hmm. as we move along, um, as long as you're seeking the self and going back, you still have to fulfill your physical or your role within this life. So um, I, I just want to reiterate that you as a person, and this sort of renders around being a good person or who, how you perceive or how people perceive you, is that you yourself is developing yourself and how you react to situations or not get affected by them. But you still have to fulfill your obligations and your role as you go along as well. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a role to play in life. You may be a child, a son, daughter, husband, wife. Yeah. You have an obligation to play and you have to play it properly. That is your priority. You have to play that role properly. You have to take on your responsibilities. And whilst you're learning this subject and the higher values of life, you will deal with those, that, those objections, that a role you're playing, you'll be able to deal with that more, more better, more effectively without being agitated. 
So somebody just put, popped up a, a message and uh, that's why I got distracted. Is it? Uh, let's have a look, chat. So is it carrying out your actions without any expectations from people? One, one minute, Sylvan. Uh, someone just posted a question. Okay. Um, Kajal has asked a question. Can I say that we born with soul contracts, contracts and agreements and so we have to complete all these which make us act in our life? Um, Rajal, um, I'm not sure what soul contracts means, but we're all born with X amount of desires, our nature, vasanas, person, the, the qualities that make us the person we are. We call them vasanas, desires. That's what we're born with. So our character is based upon that. And those are based on our past lives, our past karma. What we're born with in this life is based on our past karma. Whatever acts we did in the past, whatever desires we had, they move forward to this life. We're not going to go any further, but if we went on further today, then it would tell us um, how to get rid of those and how to change those, which is for next week's class. But we're born with certain desires. Now, in this lifetime, we have a choice. We can increase our desires or we can decrease them. Now, uh, Meghna said the formula in the beginning. God plus desires equals human being. Human minus desires equals God. So we have a choice to increase our desires and keep going through this state of birth and rebirth, birth and rebirth, and birth and death, birth and death. Or we can stop that by reducing our desires and reach our goal of moksha, self-realization. Samadhi. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, I can't answer your question completely because I don't understand some of the terminology. But um, if there are any more clarifications, please, please ask me. Um, sorry. You had a question, uh, Dashna? Yeah. Yeah. So just on that point, um, while we're talking about it, so referring back to when you talked about reaching the state of moksha or bliss or eternal yeah. peace, etc. Um, what helped me to understand it um, previously is when you explain that, uh, or my question is, does that have to be or can that be achieved in one lifetime? That all depends on how much luggage you bought and how much, <laughs> effort, you, and how much effort you put in. So we don't know, yeah, how much desires we bought in. Now we constantly put in effort to reduce these desires. You've come, been coming to class for a couple of years, you understood I need to reduce my desires, and you're putting in effort in, yeah? And you're reducing them. But the issue is, we don't know how much we started with. Deepa, your mum may spend half the time that you're putting in and reach that state, because she may have started with much less than you. Does that help, Megna? 
Yeah, definitely. I think it will help everyone else understand as well that just because you're on the path of this of spirituality or, you know, trying to gain this higher knowledge, it doesn't mean that you're going to achieve that possibly in this lifetime. And it's about letting go of that expectation as well and just being free on the path and not expecting again that, you know, you, you're going to reach this state because that, that couldn't, that might not happen in, in this lifetime for us. It could happen in our next lifetime. Be results orientated. Don't worry about the results. You put in the effort, you'll get there. And the path itself, the journey itself is so, brings you so much peace and happiness. Yeah, when you follow this path, it brings you so much peace and happiness. Yeah, your relationships are better, you're, you're less agitated. That you'll enjoy the journey itself. The goal will come whenever it's ready to come. You'll reach that state when you're ready to get there. Because you have to have faith in the knowledge. And, you know, um, for, for, the, for the people who've joined us today, uh, this knowledge is thousands of years old. It pre-exists any religion. Yeah, Religions are youth, very young compared to this knowledge. This knowledge is thousands of years old. It's where we, the Vedas, you've all heard of the Vedas, the Upanishads. This is where this knowledge comes from written by great sages who had reached that state. There's no name to this knowledge. No name given to the people who have written this knowledge. And it's the most purest form you can get. So we'll take up any more questions, because I don't want to start another paragraph. Sanjay Patel, yes. So your mic is off. It's eternal knowledge. It, it's eternal knowledge. It has always been there. It's always been there. Absolutely. Yeah. So my question is, the Vedas are very different from the Bhagavad Gita or the Ramayana yeah. or any other scriptures because uh, the Vedas is uh, a way of life. Yeah. Is that where we're heading to? Is we come here and it's the way of life or like with, with our karmas and we're playing our roles, but as a realization kicks in, then you're obviously trying to move up the ladder in your next birth or, or clarity, coming to clarity of why we are, the, the reason of why we are here. Yeah. Is Absolutely. That... Absolutely. This is the knowledge. Um, this is what it teaches us. You know, how many people question, why am I born? What's my purpose in life? What is my goal in life? What am I supposed to do? We're just happily ignorant of that fact and just live each day and taking it as it comes without any goal, real goal. Besides material goals, there aren't any real other goals, are there? Yeah. This is what our life is, but these Vedas teaches you the purpose of life, the goal in life, and how to get there. Thank you. Um, Sittal saying all spiritual scriptures do, and yes, she is right, but different scriptures are written for different people at different times. So they may, some of them may not be relevant or easy to understand 
point in a different time. For example, Bhagavad Gita was written thousands of years ago. Yeah, by Ved, Ved Vyasa, Ved Vyasa. And as I mentioned last week's class, the Bhagavad Gita, and I think in the beginning of this class, the Bhagavad Gita was written to portray one Veda. The 702 verses were written to portray one Veda, which is to say that you are God. So you understand that fact. Now, how many Vedas are there? Can you remember how many Vedas are there? Hundreds. Hundreds of Vedas. That's just one Veda. Most of them say the same thing anyway. But the Bhagavad Gita was written after the Vedas, and it was to portray one statement, which is, you are God. That's what so, different, what so different spirituality means it's a tool to get into spirituality. All religion, so, all spirituality is tools to get you to the goal. Okay. Yeah? You follow which one, whichever one you relate to. Whichever one's helping you develop, you follow that. Any other clarifications? So do we need religion? I don't know. Do you need religion? As I said, there's any path that helps to develop. Religion is a practice. We're practicing a religion, right? You're practicing a religion. It's so it's very different from spirituality because in spirituality, you're not practicing a certain idol or doing your daily japas or mantras and things like that. Whereas uh, spirituality is you, you're free. You're, you're in a free state of mind. And you just let everything, or you let the, the your universe carry you. Mm -hmm. Am well, I... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got, um, you've got it there. Damesh, you use any, spirit, any practice, spiritual or religion, that takes you to the goal. You have to decide what's taking you to the goal. Yeah? I'm not here to discuss any religions or anything like that. That's not my role. I can only teach you and talk about the truths of life, which is laid in the Vedas. Yeah? And you have to decide what you want to follow. I'm not even saying follow this. If it makes reasonable sense to you and it, you can put you, and it helps you to develop, then you follow whatever you want to follow. The main thing is, is to question. If you're following something, is to question it. Um, make sure you have the clarity of what you're following or who you're following. Um, so, you know, as long as you're seeking yourself and you're able to sit back and um, question it, you know, come to terms with it and making sure it's real. So you have to decide for that. But in a way, you're absolutely right. There is no point of religion if you have higher truths of life available to you that you can follow and develop. But we don't want to go into that right now. Any other clarifications? We have 10 minutes left if anybody wants to ask any further questions, otherwise we will call it a day. Yeah, Sittle has a question. I don't have a question, but I think like uh, Darshna was saying about what it is that enables us to kind of, I suppose, understand that if we're on the path, 
don't focus on whether you're going to get to the self in this lifetime or not. But what, one of the things that just struck me was that when we talk about this analogy of the world and myself and being affected with its constant influx of change, I think the questions that were asked by Shilabin, so, so for example, when I think of the world, we're thinking of the global world, but actually with I suppose the idea is to think about the world is made up of beings that we come into contact with constantly. And those beings have their own understanding, body, mind and intellect like I do. So where I sometimes react with my mind, others are bound to as well. And I suppose it's that understanding if I'm behaving my way, then of course the world is going to, and we don't come across just one individual, do we, in our lifetime? We come across hundreds of people that affect us in different ways, and that is the world. I, and that's why I'm thinking, that's why it's so difficult to think about what, why is it that I'm always affected? Well, it's because we're coming into contact with so many individuals, with so many different vasanas. And not only am I trying to better myself, but understanding that, isn't it, is the challenge. I don't know if I'm making sense. Hmm. You just explained what the world is made up of. Okay, I just come with, uh, something just came into my mind is, we react to people because when we are young, we are, we are taught how to react to things. So if there's fire, you're taught that fire burns. So a lot of things are taught to us because of what our parents know or not know. That's why we have all these reactions. And obviously, as realization kicks in, then your karma is going to take you. That's, that's your journey. The kar Once you realize that it's your karma, and if you want to be a better person, you want to change your karma for your next, uh, the future. And you don't know what the future is. So I think we, we do react to how we are taught. Yeah, absolutely right. Just one point though. Your future can be based on the effort you put in today. Anybody else? Just sort of pick up what Dashna said was, um, you know, you may not fulfill it in this lifetime, but if you, if you are seeking the self and as you're developing, you would know it's a constant anyway. You're part of this constant journey. So the body or the reflection that you see is, um, I think I mentioned it, was, it, it, as you said a few times, it's a vehicle, it's just a car. You know, it's like a car, once it exhausts itself, it's run out. You're still, you know, your Atma is still constant. So as long as you keep working without working for where the end is, because you'll gradually get there anyway. But yeah. as long as you're happy and you're understanding it, that I'm part of this constant, so I'm forever being. I'm always going to be where I am. It's just the external shackles that will come off. Exactly. Your, your, your vasanas, your desires, 
will carry on in the next lifetime. So it's the, it's, it's it's the energy we have, right? We are part of the universe. It's, part uh, of the universe. it's the energy. It's like we gave an example, the ocean. The fishes are in the ocean. There's so many different animals in the ocean. They live, they're born, they survive in the ocean. Similarly, we are all part of this cosmos. And we are the cosmos. But we have decided to have this individuality. And we think we're different. This is the problem. And so the whole process is to understand that, no, we're not different. This is the, the hypnotizing. Anyone else? Okay. So um, thank you everyone for joining us this morning. Um, we have a Q&A uh, uh, on Wednesday evening, 7.30 to 8.30. Um, anyone can raise a topic they want to talk about. Um, if they do have a question, then it's better to ask it on either by Monday or latest Tuesday, so everyone can have time to think about it. It's an open forum, we can all take part and um, share and uh, take part in it. Um, Ravi is the administrator for this group, so we have a WhatsApp group um, that we use for communicating um, classes. Okay, uh, every Saturday morning um, I put on there uh, what we're going to discuss on Sunday. Yeah, the topic and uh, on the Sunday class. So um, if, if anybody wants to join this group and be informed, please um, let Ravi know and he'll put you on our WhatsApp group. Um, so when, Wednesday, 7.30 to 8.30. Um, and if you have any questions, please post them by Tuesday. Anybody else? Any other clarifications, comments before we sign off? I've just put, um, hopefully everyone could see the message. I've just put my contact number there. So if you post a question, I'll post it in the group. And if you want to be part of the regular WhatsApp group, just text your number, text me your details. All I need is your name and number, and I'll add you to the group. And then it'd be any regular updates or any podcast that we post will, is, is all is all presented on that group at the time. So Tish, I'm glad you're already identifying with fellow beings. Okay, everyone, thank you very much. Thank you, Anika. Carry on.